Welcome back to Murder Mondays with Nicole. Today, I'm bringing you a story from Columbia, South Carolina. Episode 23 is about Jennifer Wilson. Jennifer Wilson was a 36-year-old associate professor of education at the University of South Carolina. According to her curriculum, she had been employed there since 2005. She had just become permanent after only five years at USC. She was very devoted to her students and studies. Jennifer was also very talented. She had a home in the Shandon area of Columbia and was described as a bright star with a fantastic future ahead of her. Jennifer also taught children all over the world, including Tanzania, Norway, and China. Jennifer was a busy woman building a prestigious career and working long hours. It's not always easy to find time for love, but in a quest to find someone to share her life with, she started internet dating. That's where she met Hank Halls, a man who worshipped her, but on a level of obsession that would end in murder. In January 2011, Jennifer met Hank Halls. He was 37 years old, and they met through an internet dating site. He portrayed himself as a successful financial consultant, but it was more likely that his money had come from women he had dated. The couple started a relationship, but it quickly became unhealthy. Hank was hooked on his new love, and Jennifer felt smothered. She started counseling because of him. She told her counselor that this was a new relationship and that Halls was coming on very strong. He wanted to be in constant contact with her. In addition, Jennifer said when she tried to pull away, Halls threatened to expose something embarrassing. Lastly, Jennifer knew nothing about Halls' family. Unannounced to Jennifer, Hank moved to Shandon in no time and started renting a house just five minutes away from her to be closer to her, while Jennifer went into therapy to try to figure out a way to end things between them. It was typical of her to give people second chances, and it was in her nature to be kind to people. Jennifer's counselor, Stuart, said that there were red flags of domestic violence at their first meeting in 2011 less than two weeks before Wilson was killed at the hands of her lover. Jennifer went to her follow-up visit on August 24th and told Stuart she wasn't sure if she wanted to stay in this relationship with Halls. Jennifer tried to end the relationship several times, but Hank refused to let her go and was in touch with her constantly, sending text messages every day. Friends started to worry that Jennifer wasn't sleeping and she was visibly losing weight. She wouldn't even introduce Hank to anyone and later confided in one friend that she was terrified of him. Her anxiety was clear for everyone to see. In August, Jennifer sent her close friend a text saying she had broken off the relationship with Halls and that Halls had told her he would ruin her life. Six long months in Jennifer's eyes, Their relationship was over. She went on a date with a former boyfriend, although she revealed to a friend that she knew that was a risk. On August 28, 2011, Jennifer and Hank met for the last time. 
Jennifer's neighbor called police at approximately 2.26 a.m. Sunday morning after feeling the house shake as if there was an altercation. He said he could hear something such as a table being thrown against the wall. The neighbor said the victim was screaming the words, no, no, no. But when police arrived, the house was dark and quiet. Since there didn't seem to be anything going on, police left. Prosecutors said in court that police didn't hear anything because Jennifer was already dead and Halls was hiding in the house. At 11.30 a.m., the same neighbor called police again, concerned about a possible homicide. After pretty much knowing Jennifer's routine and not hearing from her or seeing her, he felt something horrible had happened. When police returned the second time, they made their way in and found Jennifer's naked body on her sofa, tucked under a white blanket. Her body had been washed. One paramedic later said it was one of the worst crime scenes he'd ever seen with blood splattered up the walls, the ceiling, and pulled on the floor with drag marks from room to room. Halls' car was at Jennifer's house when officers arrived the first time, but was gone when they came back hours later, according to investigators. An autopsy revealed Jennifer had died from 12 stab wounds to her neck and upper body and had 10 slash wounds. She could have died six times over from her injuries because half of them had cut vital organs and arteries. There were defense wounds and bruises showing she'd bravely tried to fight her attacker off. Hank remained after the murder, bathing her hair and body and placing her on the couch. Then he used her computer to Google search for an attorney in the area. He placed a phone call to an ex-girlfriend telling her he'd done something bad and was asking her for money in which she did not entertain. Then Hank calls an attorney first thing that morning, telling what he had done and even admitting a suicide attempt. The attorney advised him to go to a hospital and call police. The attorney then took it upon himself to call the cops and make them aware of the phone call that he had just received. This is also how police ended up finding him so quickly. Christine Dahlheimer from Greenville, South Carolina, met Halls on eHarmony in the fall of 2009. She said she bought the 2011 Range Rover that Halls was driving. The loan was in her name, but he was supposed to make the payments and cover taxes and insurance on it. He took both keys to the truck, and the last time she saw him was in December of 2010. Another Greenville woman, Kimberly Williams, said she met Halls online and had a brief relationship with him from the fall of 2010 to January 2011. This is who Williams called. He called her on the day of Wilson's death and indicated that he had a problem and he could be charged with murder. Halls told her he was worried that people would not believe it was self-defense and asked her for $25,000 for an attorney. Columbia Police Officer Zachary Jackson and Richland Paramedic Robin Hazelden testified about going to Halls' house on Woodrow Street late that morning on a possible suicide attempt. They found Halls lying on the deck behind the house. Hazelden said both wrists were cut one of them deeply, but he was no longer bleeding. Jackson said he couldn't find a weapon inside the house 
but he did see blue jeans with stains on them. Police arrested Halls at the hospital on that Sunday and charged him with murdering Jennifer. When Hank went on trial in October, he admitted stabbing Jennifer, but instead it was in self-defense. He said he'd gone around to call things off with her, but she attacked him by biting his finger and grabbing a knife. Hank's lawyers described it as a crime of passion between two people who were obsessed with each other. These two people had a passion for each other. They should have let it go and move on, but they didn't. I say that's total bullshit. Only there were plenty of people ready to stand up and say Jennifer had wanted him out of her life. The prosecution told the jury it was a murder that they could have seen straight on drama TV. Hank stabbed her to death as Jennifer repeatedly begged for her life. Then he cleaned up the blood from her body, bathing her body in hair, and then neatly tucked her in on the sofa. Experts revealed there were pages and pages of messages from Hank to Jennifer. Manny frantically sent one after the other. Some text messages were read out for court. A month before her death, Hank sent a message to Jennifer about them having a baby together. Jennifer said they had no right to bring a baby into the world with their stormy relationship. The eight-day trial was full of drama and emotions ran high. At one point, Matt Cronin, an ex-boyfriend of Jennifer's, lunged at Hank as he was being taken out of the courtroom. As Matt was handcuffed, he cried, I just had to, I'm sorry. The judge was so angry at the outburst that he gave him the maximum six-month sentence for contempt of court, but retracted that after Matt spent the weekend behind bars. After eight weeks, the jury took just 30 minutes to find Hank guilty of murder. At the sentencing, it was revealed that Hank had former convictions for domestic violence, including ones against his ex-wives. Jennifer's mom, Pat, spoke about her daughter, who climbed her favorite tree as a child to read a book and loved being in front of a classroom since a young age. She then read out a list of women who Hank had met online just before murdering Jennifer. Women who could have potentially suffered the same fate as her daughter. They should not have to live in fear, she said. Please remove Mr. Halls from society. Hank was sentenced to life in prison according to the state laws. He will die behind bars. There were no loved ones to speak on his behalf, and he remained silent. Friends and family expressed their relief at the sentence, but despite getting justice, nothing could heal the pain of their unspeakable loss. Jen is still gone, said a heartbroken colleague. Jennifer earned her doctorate at MU in 2004. She worked as a graduate assistant, research assistant, student teacher supervisor, and graduate teaching instructor from 2001 to 2005 before moving to South Carolina and taking a job at USC. She was awarded numerous scholarships throughout her studies in Missouri and spent a year in Norway as a Fulbright scholar. She specialized in education for middle school teachers, presenting scholarly papers internationally in France, Norway, China, Hungary, and throughout the United States.
Are you looking for an extremely fun and stylish up-to-date salon? Then the color bar is the place for you. Our slogan is too glam to give a damn. The color bar knows their colors and can slay anything. Located in Chapin, South Carolina, near the heart of Lake Murray, our stylists stay up to date on all styles, cuts, and colors. Call for your free consultation at 803-932-HAIR. That's 803-932-HAIR. We can't wait to meet you. Hey, South Carolina homeowners, are you tired of paying an extremely high power bill, giving your hard-earned money away month after month, only to see the power bill continue to rise with no end in sight? Then pay attention for a no-upfront-cost solution for you. Top-Tier Solar Solutions is the premier full-service solar company of the Carolinas. As a veteran-owned company that only uses American-made products, they are fully accountable and responsible as your professional guide when deciding to make the switch to go solar. Top-Tier Solar Solutions have the industry's best 25-year full warranty and use the highest quality of products available. All of their installations are done by one of their own installation teams, making them one of the only full-service solar companies on the East Coast. Text the word SOLAR to 803-429-3337. That's SOLAR to 803-429-3337 to get started on your free, no-obligation solar quote and see how much you will be saving with SOLAR. Top-tier solar Solutions looks forward to serving you. Again, text SOLAR to 803-429-3337. Are you considering a move in 2023? Then this is the message for you. Meet George Simmons from EXP Realty. He is the top agent on one of the top real estate teams serving Lake Murray and the surrounding counties in South Carolina. After serving 20 years in the military and 10 years in law enforcement, George continues to serve the Lake Murray community by providing superior real estate representation. Call today for your free home valuation at 803-429-3337. 803-429-3337. Or visit online at buyersellakemurrayhomes.com. George Simmons looks forward to serving you. Buy or sell Lake Murray Homes.com.